it's funny everything that's happened has led up to this moment every failure every every little success every little like fork in the road that i've tried to change direction has led and you know some people are lucky and they don't tend to fail that much and they just seem to move forward but for me i had to fail a lot <laughs> to like to learn the lessons yeah. what happened was we were cycling in one day and a car knocked caden off his bike and killed him oh no oh dear Hi everybody, it's Robert C. Brown here from robertcbrown.online and welcome to another Coffee with Robert. I've got a great guest on with me today. It's a chap called Leighton Hurdson. Now, we didn't know of each other until very, very recently. Um, came into contact through LinkedIn and Leighton was really, really interested in some of the stuff that I'm doing with uh, you know, peak potential and human transformation, all of that stuff. And I also found out that he's a bit of a Facebook whiz, which was really of interest to me. And, um, and most people I know these days, as we know that Facebook's one of the, the premier places to go and get your stuff seen by people. Um, literally the best advertising platform, I think, on the net these days. Well, Leighton uh, happens to be a bit of a whiz kid on that stuff as well. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure he's going to give you some links at the end of this little chit chat. Uh, where you can go and find out more if you're looking for some help with Facebook. But more importantly, this is Coffee with Robert. And what we generally do here is we talk about people's stories because we're interested in, in, in human stuff, stuff that, um, you know, where people have persevered, maybe overcome adversity and challenges, and they've come good. Um, and they've no, never lost belief in, 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 in themselves. Um, we're also constantly looking for inspiration. And I believe... Although he's kept his cards very close to his chest, Leighton's not told me much about what he's going to share today. Um, I believe that this may well be a very inspiring story we're all about to hear. And uh, as I've got no clue what he's going to really talk about, we're all discovering this for the first time. So it's kind of exciting. So with all of that brushed out of the way, I'm going to introduce you to Leighton. Hi, Leighton. Hello, Rob. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good, my friend. Very good. Nice to, nice to have a little chat with you this morning. Um, yeah. And I well, I've given you the big intro, mate. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Yeah, <laughs> no pressure. So why don't you take it away? And I'm going to be quiet for a minute and tell people who you are, what you do, and your backstory, how you got to where you are. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm Leighton Hurdson. I what I'm doing now isn't what I started off doing, um, but I I run Facebook advertising campaigns, Google and Google AdWords, and even a bit of SEO. So anything really within digital marketing, but Facebook AdWords, uh, Facebook ads is like the kind of the main area that I focus on. Um, but that isn't how I started off. I started off wanting to actually get into coaching, which is why me and Rob connected initially because I, I saw that's kind of his area. And it's always anyone that's a coach, I always kind of connect with. I just always like to meet those people. When I started that, I didn't really know what I was doing. I, I was working in a big corporate company, which was a big insurance company, and I was a manager. So I was kind of using coaching within my role, and I enjoyed that aspect of my role most of all. So then I started reading some books about coaching um, and I decided I really wanted to do that as a career and so I hired a coach to learn how to do it and got a mentor and everything like that um, but I didn't know anything about sales I didn't know anything about marketing I've never had a website never built a website didn't know how to do any advertising I just had no idea what I was doing and I kind of just jumped in at the deep end which is how I've always done everything I just dive straight in and I've always I've always found it hard to just to juggle two things have a day job and try and start a business, which is the sensible way of doing things. But mm -hmm. I'm one of those people that's just, I've got to be all in and I've got to go for it. 
And that's what I did. And luckily at the time I was, I was a younger guy and I didn't have any real overheads. I didn't have kids, which I do now. I've got three. Um, I didn't have a wife back then, which I do now. So I could kind of take that risk. And I did take that risk and I quit my job and I became a life coach with no clue about marketing or sales or anything. And it failed, obviously, <laughs> obviously it failed. It didn't work. Um, but because I'd, I'd, I'd spent the money for a coach. So I had this mentor. So every week we were checking in, he was talking me through his experience of what he'd done. He was very successful. He, he works with Tony Robbins. He's one of the, the master coaches over there. So he, he knows his stuff. He'd run a business of his own. He still does his own stuff. And he works with Tony Robbins. So this is a guy that really could talk the talk and walk the walk. So I was learning every, every time he said, try this or read that book or go out and talk to that person. I just did it. And I'm quite an introvert. Um, so going to networking events and standing up and saying, this is what I do. This is, and, and I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't know anything about having a niche or having a target market. I literally knew nothing about business. And I went into networking events. Every, everyone I could find, I just went along to it. I just went along and said, I do this. And then there, people would ask questions and I didn't have answers. And I just, and I learned by doing. Mm -hmm. which for me is like it's the only way i know how to do it really i'll, mm -hmm. I'll read all the books I'll, I'll go on to courses i'll go to seminars but for me the only thing you can really ever do if you really want to have any success is learn by doing mm -hmm. and the most uncomfortable thing for anyone is that you have to fail because it's where the biggest lessons are mm -hmm. and you know some people are lucky and they don't tend to fail that much and they just seem to move forward but for me i had to fail a lot <laughs> to like to learn the lessons yeah. and um but my wife says all the time to me that like, like we were talking about something yesterday. Um, I just took on a new client. It's going to be a really big one. And we were just talking about what I want to do next after that. And I was explaining like the roadmap of how I see things going. And she just said, it's funny. Everything that's happened has led up to this moment. Every failure, every, every little success, every little like, fork in the road that I've tried to change direction has led to this thing. So everything I learned from coaching and networking and mm -hmm. building rapport has helped me get new clients and sit down and you know discuss what I'm going to do for them. Mm. So although the, the, the business itself failed, it, I didn't fail. I, I learned loads, but at the time it felt like a massive failure. And you know, I was 26 yeah. and I, all my family were watching. And this is something you and I discussed, Rob, that mm. when you do these things, when you want to start a business, and I know like, that's a big area you focus on is people that are starting entrepreneurship. The biggest hurdle, the biggest obstacle, and the biggest, the biggest thing you'll probably find is that the people you expect to be on your side 100% that you expect will be like, oh, yeah, you can do it, will actually be more fearful for you and say, don't do it. Don't take that risk. Just yes. stick with the day job. Stick with the, the nine to five. And, and it can be quite a shock. And that was, for me, it was quite a shock when I, all my family and my friends were all saying, oh, don't do that. Why would you do that? Stick with mm -hmm. your day job. And for me, that just was never an option. Like, I, I, as soon as it clicked that oh, I, could, I could learn this skill of, a, of being a coach, and I could go out and get clients, and then there's no limit on what I can earn. And mm -hmm. as long as you, but you have to learn the skills. But it's not just the coaching skills. That's what I realized. I was brilliant at the coaching. I was doing it every day in, in the corporate environment. Yeah. But as soon as I went out into the real world and had to talk to business owners or just approach random people and try and get a coaching client, I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Which is, and now, you know, like you and I, we met on LinkedIn, which is a tool that I use all the time and Facebook as well. But it's, I can do that now. I can approach people and I understand sales and marketing and I've got the skill set, whether it's Facebook advertising or coaching. Yeah. So that's, that's how it all started for me. That was like my first entrepreneurial kind of, you know, 
put my foot out there, took my first steps and failed, yeah. but learned a lot. What, what I realized from that, and again, it's that thing of, I just went for it. I, I realized that I read lots of books on marketing and lots of books on sales. And I realized that to make coaching work, it's a people business. You have to be able to talk to them. A lot of it is, is around sales. And a lot of coaches don't like that aspect. And I thought, well, I want to get good at this. I really, really want this to work. I hadn't given up. I'd gone back and got a, a really crappy nine to five job. Um, I was commuting every day to London from South End, where I was now living. So I spent a good three hours a day on trains and I was miserable. But in the back of my head, I was thinking, I'm not giving up. I'm going to find a way to do this. And luckily, a lot of people wouldn't see this as luck, but I hated the job. I stuck it out for a year and I was made redundant. They were making some changes. They were being sold by the, the holding company that owned them mm-hmm. and they were cutting back. And I had the choice. They said, you can either be made redundant or you can go to a lesser role with lesser money which wasn't an option really because although it would have been the safe thing to do, I couldn't have afforded to travel to London every day because it's like True. five grand a year it was costing me. Wow. So I, I took redundancy. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go. I didn't get anything for it. I didn't get any money. I hadn't been there long enough to get anything. It was just a see you later. That's it. Yeah. But I was like really happy to be made redundant. I was like, this is it. This is the chance. This is the mm. time I've got to get back out there and try, try again. But it still didn't really pan out. I had nothing really there to, to go with. And I'd lost a lot of confidence with the coaching and I hadn't done any coaching for a good year. So I've been working this job and just kind of stuck in a bit of a rut. But what happened was I found a friend of mine had just set up his own recruitment business. And he said to me, if you want to come in and just do a commission only recruitment role, mm-hmm. self-employed, come and do that. And I thought that is the best way I'm going to find to learn how to do sales. And again, yeah. it's that, sink or swim attitude like there was no there was no basic pay or anything it was just i had to turn up cold call people sell stuff and i'd never never done it i had no success with the coaching so i had no background i had no right to take this role and at this point i'd had a stepson that was i suppose he'd been seven at the time Mm -hmm. and i had a son on the way so there was a lot of pressure to actually make this work and i had no no income i had no savings i had no redundancy to live off and i took it and i and I started had some success with it yeah. and it was going really well. And then we were talking about me partnering in the business rather than just being like a, a contractor. We were going to become partners and everything I'd learned about marketing and sales and all the coaching skills I'd learned that was helping me build rapport with these clients and get really good fees. And it was going really, really well. And there was three of us in the office, me, Kirk and Caden and me and Caden live quite close by to each other. So we used to cycle in every day because I actually really had no money. I was getting deals done, but, with recruitment it can take anywhere between a month and six months to actually get paid it's quite a slow process sometimes because you've got to wait for people to hand their notice in so although i was getting deals done i was getting people signed off and saying yep we're going to take them on and i was getting some quite big invoices in the pipeline but nothing actually there so we were cycling in every day to save money and and this is the part of the story that i mentioned to you where it's a bit tragic what happened was we were cycling in one day and a car knocked Caden off his bike and killed him. Oh, no. Oh, dear. And, um, yeah, and, and he died right, right there in the morning. And um, that was obviously quite tough. And I, I witnessed it. I was the sort of primary witness, I suppose. I, I didn't really see anything because he was behind me, but I was there. Um, and yeah, and it was just, it was like the most awful thing in the world. And I had to call up Kirk and say, Kirk, you've you got to come down here. We were literally like five minutes away from the office. And I said, Kirk, 
Hayden's been hit by a car. I, I don't know if he's going to be all right. And he thought I was joking. So we used to wind him up and mess mm. around and say, oh, we're not coming in today. And he'd be, get angry. And he'd be like, no, we're outside. We're messing around. Um, and I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm not joking. You, you used to get down here fast. I don't know what to do. Then mm. there were police there and the ambulance got there and just, it was too late. He was, he was dead. Um, and we went back to the office and we just sat there and didn't know what to do. We just had no idea. I mean, it, no one prepares you for anything like that. Mm. A, witnessing it and B, we were like, there's three of us. That was our, we worked together. We did everything together and we went back to the office and it just felt alien to be sat there without him. Mm. And, it, and it was really weird. And this was about six weeks after my, my first son had been born. So I was, it was a really weird kind of, like a mix of emotions of like experiencing life coming in and that, that moment you, you've got children you mm. that feelings isn't you can't describe it when you see your son being born or your daughter being born exactly. there's nothing but pure emotion and when you see someone leave the world literally witness them bleed out on the road it's and i didn't even cry when when it happened i was just there in shock and i was just watching it and i was trying mm. to be calm to talk to the police and there was other witnesses and they were all saying this happened and that happened and i was like that's not what happened because they were saying we came out of this road and the car came from that direction. I was like, yeah. we weren't even going that way. So all these kind of key witnesses were giving wrong information. So I was trying to be calm to tell the police what did happen. You know, this is kind of all off the subject, but what happened was that I tried to just keep going. I didn't really deal with it at all. I just, I was self-employed. I, I had commissions due, but no real money in the bank. I had a newborn little boy, had my stepson. And we were planning for a wedding. So I was trying to, all the money that was coming, I was thinking that's got to be for the wedding and to obviously keep us afloat. So suddenly all the pressure of doing a self-employed role and learning a new skill set and having some success. But now the pressure of this, I had Caden's parents calling me up because they just kind of wanted to talk to me because me and Caden had become really close over this period of time. And so they were calling me just to see how I was doing, but to ask questions about everything. So I was kind of trying to be strong for them. Mm -hmm. I had to deal with the police quite a lot. So that suddenly there's a tremendous amount of pressure, which as an entrepreneur, you have extreme amounts of pressure all the time anyway, because things yeah. go wrong. You don't know if it's always going to pan out. But to then have that piled on on top of that. And I was trying to keep moving forward, just trying to keep moving forward and thinking. And what I said to Kirk was, look, what I'm going to do is wait for these, these um, payments to come in. Then I'm probably going to take a couple of months off just to live off what I've earned and re uh, kind of deal with this and really kind of get back on my feet. But then what happened was, to add insult to injury, one of the candidates that I had placed had lied on their CV. And I had missed it, and the client that had hired them and took them on had also missed it. It wasn't until they were a month into the role, they said, this person has no marketing experience. So they said, we need the money back. We're firing them and we need the money back. So I, which they hadn't actually paid, which was fine, but that meant I didn't get my money either. And that was the big one I was waiting for which yes. is going to allow me to take some time off. And it got to a point where I just, I just couldn't continue. I, just, I hadn't grieved, I hadn't dealt with what I'd been through. Uh, I was, had loads of pressure on me, and I got to a breaking point where I literally couldn't leave the house. I, couldn't, I just couldn't function, really. And it took me a good year and a half to really find out why I felt like this, but it was basically I had PTSD because of what I'd witnessed and what I'd been through, hadn't dealt with it properly. And all the, all the other pressures of you know, dealing with a newborn son, so I wasn't sleeping properly. Um, and there was you know, all these different things. And again, I know this isn't entrepreneurial advice, but it's just to kind of paint a 
a real picture of anyone can come back from this is my point so mm. so I went through we got married that year and so I was really like a zombie at my own wedding I, I really wasn't there I was kind of just going through the motions I wanted to be married but I my head wasn't in the right place I was kind yeah. of still trying to deal with this I had a lot of different emotions I was kind of angry about what had happened but I knew that it was an accident so there was no one to be angry at but it's just a whole mix of weird emotions and it wasn't until like I say about a year and a half after the event my father-in-law who'd been um, a counsellor took me aside and said look you, you've not been yourself for a long time and we both know why I think you might have PTSD which I'd never even heard of no idea what it was and I looked it up and I read through what it is what it means and who suffers with it and the number one cause for most people is people like in the military when they've been in combat yeah. and the second most most um, biggest cause for it is road accidents witnessing it or being involved in one so and as soon as I saw that I was like oh okay because I'd been feeling for a year and a half that I'd like I'd gone mad like, I'd, I'd literally walked away from recruitment and, and Kirk and said goodbye to the whole partnership and everything just said I can't do it I need to, I can't go into that office anymore I'd taken on a new role which was a, a kind of business development role, which I thought I'd be suited to. And it was a, a completely away from recruitment. So I thought just a fresh start. And I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do the cold calling. I, I, I got on the phone and I talked to a secretary, couldn't get past the gatekeeper. I'd get off the phone, I'd be crying because I just couldn't do it. Yeah. All, my, all my enthusiasm, all my drive and everything had gone. And I thought I'd gone mad. <laughs> That's really the only way I could explain it. Because all I'd wanted for so long was to be an entrepreneur, to work for myself, and all I really wanted now was just to sit at home and watch films and do nothing and just be forgotten about. And it was really weird. And, but at the same time, I really wanted to provide for my family. Uh-huh. So it's really like a conflict. So as soon as I realized that it was PTSD, that I had this kind of this name to call it, which I, I, never, I never got actually diagnosed. It's just someone said it could be this. I looked it up. It kind of made sense. The pieces kind of came together. And I just kind of felt better that it wasn't, it wasn't madness. It wasn't that I'd lost my ability. It was just that I hadn't dealt with something properly. Mm-hmm. And then, so I kind of ended up kind of learning some new skills, which was around marketing, which I'd already kind of started to learn from when I was doing coaching and everything else. And I really kind of dove into that and started learning about SEO and AdWords and really getting enthusiastic about something again and learning it. But now it's with the, with the intention of just getting a job. I, I had, I'd lost a lot of myself in this whole thing. And I thought, I don't know if it's worth going through these kind of things just so I can work for myself and, uh, and whatever else. So I, I kind of felt like just giving up and just going and getting a job, working in an agency, doing SEO and everything, whatever it might be. So I learned a, a new skill set. And that kind of leads us on to where I am now, because after I had that skill set, I kind of got back into working. I, I dealt with some of the issues. I kind of built myself back up again. Mm. And then when I had that skill set, and I already had the skills from previous things, from recruitment, from coaching. Everything kind of came together and I ended up taking on some clients and doing some freelance work and Facebook advertising and everything else. And that's kind of where we are now. And I've kind of rebuilt from all of that that's happened. That was maybe, what was that, four years ago that must have happened. But wow. my point is that it's, it's, never, it's never quick to go on this journey when you've got no experience and no one starts off with experience. Um, and everyone goes through different stories and different journeys. Some people it's a lot easier for, some people it's harder. Some people, like my story, it's really, a lot of it's 
not even related to entrepreneurship. It's just something that happened in the middle of trying to be an entrepreneur or a business owner. And it's learning how to deal with that. And I think it's not overly relevant to the story, but it, it kind of is relevant to me, I suppose. But I, I think it's entirely relevant because, you know, yeah. the whole expression about life sometimes gets in the way and it's true. It's, yeah. Yeah, I'm curious, by the way, I've gone through the spectrum of emotions listening to everything. You know? Yeah, um, it's. Uh, I was feeling extremely sad and moved when I heard about the situation with Caden and uh, inspired that you kept going. And I've, I've always been a um, one of these people that's, that, that, that regards failure as something that doesn't actually exist until you you quit. And having said that, I wanted to go back to a point just about two minutes ago that you mentioned where you had to make a decision whether or not to go back and get a job. And you just said you, you felt like playing video games and everything. You weren't sure yeah. about entrepreneurialism and all of that sort of stuff. Now, the key, the key thing is you didn't. The key yeah. thing, you made a decision to continue on, on, on the path that you started out on. And I'm really, really curious as to what went on in your mind, and more importantly, because you know where I'm from and what I'm all about, yeah. more importantly, any reaction that you had inside, your gut feeling about things, and there must have been a tipping point, one or two little things that in the end, you just thought, I've got to go this way, and it may well be that it had nothing to do with logical thinking. Yeah, it, it just instinct. I've got to keep going. I'd, I'd love it if you could spend a moment or two just to talk a bit more about that point. Yeah, happily. Yeah, and you, you, you're right. It, it wasn't. It wasn't like I sat down and did the pros and cons, and that I could have this if I did that, and that if I did this one. It, it was just I did take a job. I, I used the skills that I, I practiced and learned whilst I was kind of, sort of recovering, for lack of a better word. Um. And. It was just instinctive. Like, I don't really like. I don't really like using the word entrepreneur because like, if you follow people like Gary Vaynerchuk, they they always say that the word's overused. Everyone's an entrepreneur, and I, I don't really like using that word. But some people are born to do their own thing. Whether you want to call yourself an entrepreneur, a business owner, a creative, an artist, whatever. Yeah, that, that's just within me. Like, I grew up playing guitar and writing and doing those kind of things, so I've got that creative element. Yeah. Um, sitting in an office in a corporate environment or even in a small business but just answering to somebody else I love working with other people mm. I love partnering with other people but working for someone else and just being told when I can have a day off how much I can earn it makes me feel physically ill <laughs> for lack of a better phrase I just I can't do it so although I went back to that and I was working a job I was being responsible paying the bills feeding the kids it it's just completely incongruent of who I am. So there was no real choice there. Mm. It was just, it never felt right. It never felt like this is it. I figured it out. This is, this is, this will do. It was always like, I've got to figure out what I want to do. I wasn't sure if I wanted to start my own agency or do freelancing or go, go into something different. I'd spent some time doing some property investment stuff. So mm. I thought maybe that, um, so I, the thing is I've always been prepared to just jump in and try something. So, I have always, I've, I did recruitment, I did some property investment for a time, but that was like when I was kind of really getting back on my feet, I did that. Um, so I'm always prepared to try things. And when it came to, to really getting back into entrepreneurship, it was more a case of people came to me. I'd, I'd been around the block a bit, I'd, I'd met a lot of people, 
marketing and sales has always been the part that I, I really understand it. So when I'm sitting with somebody and they're, they're running their business or they're, they're a colleague of mine and they're struggling with an element of whether it's SEO or how to close a deal, I, I can talk to them about just from my experiences and the books I've read, I can refer them to podcasts or people I've spoken to or seminars, whatever it is. And I suppose that is an element of me that likes teaching as well. So mm-hmm. hence why I got into coaching originally, but I, because I, because I'd done that, I was just happy to help people, happy to mm-hmm. give advice. I was enthusiastic about it, especially if it's a business owner, I'd really like say, you know, Facebook's good for this. You should be using that for that Instagram over here. I'd, and I'd explain it in a way where they'd be like, Oh wow. Yeah, that makes sense. So although I was working in an agency and I'd kind of, I hadn't given up, but I hadn't really found my, my next venture, my direction or anything like that. People started to come to me and said, are you still doing marketing? And mm. I'd say, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm just working at an agency at the moment. And they'd say, do you fancy having a coffee? And I was going to ask you about some, some work if you're interested. And so I, I just said, yeah, okay. Yeah. Have a, have a chat. The agencies around here don't pay particularly well. So it was just, you know, I was just covering costs. I wasn't really making a great living. So mm-hmm. there was that as well. I, I've always you know, been ambitious and wanted to. Value. So I thought, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, so when people started coming to me, asking me, and I wasn't having to go out there and, and do networking events and stuff, which I don't mind doing. And I don't mind going on LinkedIn and meeting people like how we met, but yeah. it's, um, people came to me and I, it made it a little bit easier. So although I had other ideas and I had started some other projects and I had some kind of, other things in the pipeline that I was starting to work on. There were people coming to me, giving me money to do something that I could do. So I just thought, well, you know, I can keep trying to chase the, the perfect thing or I can do this thing that is kind of almost effortless. Like I know how to do it. People are coming to me. It's definitely in demand. There's no kind of hard sell. And, and that's really how it happened. So the whole getting back on my feet and deciding to go back into entrepreneurship or, or business ownership, it, it, it was never an option. It's always going to be something I'm going to do. It was just a case of when I did it because I had to think I've now got three children. So I've got my stepson, my little boy and a little girl and I'm married and we've got a mortgage, everything else. So there was, I had to be sensible. I couldn't just dive in this time. Like I have always done in the past. I've always just quit the job and gone for it and given it a go and learned by doing this time around, I was working an agency job and I had three clients and the clients were paying me more than my job was. I didn't have enough time to work on the clients so I could move away from the job. And it was a much more, it was much more seamless. It was much less stressful and it made much more sense to do it that way. Yeah. But when I was younger, I didn't really care about how I did it. I just did it. Sure, but sure. this time around, it just happened like that. Yeah. Um, Interesting. What and, you and that was it really. So it, it was no real kind of. Carry on. Yeah. Sorry, yeah carry it just, a little delay. So. It made sense. It, it, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no problem. Um, yeah, it just—it was just a case of it—it it felt right. The timing was right. Things were coming together, and it, it's, if, you, if you're into that whole thing of um, like trusting the universe and, and yeah. attraction, the law of attraction, it was a bit like that. It, there was no kind of real thought behind it. I was just doing something. I was happy to share that knowledge with others without really asking for much in return. Mm. And then people would say can you do it for me? And yeah. that is how it, how it built. And, and even now that's kind of how with you and me, for example, it was, 
we got talking about your thing and then you asked me about my thing and then we had a, a phone conversation and I just shared some ideas for what you could do in your thing. And then we, we just kind of continued that, that thing and one day we might work together, we might, we might not, but it doesn't matter, matter to me. It's just, it's, I was thinking this yesterday, I went to meet a client in Waterloo and I, it's all about relationships. Anything with business, it's just about relationships. Yeah. And if you can just approach it as a relationship, don't go there thinking about, can I get this much or can I get that much or can I close the deal? Just go there to make a relationship. And that's yeah. all I did yesterday. We just had a good chat. Three of us sat down, we had a talk, we got on well, we laughed, we joked, we talked business. And then at the end of it, they said, yeah, well, we really want to work with you. Just uh, send the invoice. And that was it. It was, no, it was no hard sell. No, and people, I know some people things still are buy people, don't they? People still buy people. It's never changed. And just because yeah, we're all sat behind computer screens these days, it doesn't matter. Behind every computer screen, there's still a person with wants, needs, desires, feelings, you know, and, yeah. and the fact that that's the thing, I think the big mistake that most people do uh, all the time, I see all the time, is they go there with one eye on what's this worth for me. What they should be thinking is, how can I serve? What can, yeah. I, what can I give? What can I do to make a difference to this person yeah. in their life or in, in their business? And if you take care of that stuff, you'll always have enough of what you need just as a natural kind of kick-on effect yeah. of all of that. I just read, I'm going to yeah. have to wind this up soon because um, my coffee's going yeah. to come. Everybody's going to drink this first thing in the morning. By the way, it's not alcohol. This is Pepsi-Cola. Okay, so I'm being a good boy, not a bad boy. How is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just that some people might look at that <laughs> No, no, it's Pepsi Cola. But um, just going back a little bit as well, <laughs> you, you mentioned something about you, you know, when you started doing this type of stuff, and you said, yeah. oh, well, you know, it's not perfect, but people are coming to me. Now, here's the thing right, that I wanted to mention here as well is yeah. that your idea of perfect, by the way, may be just that, might just be your idea consciously of what's perfect for you, right? Because yeah. And this is just yes. a suggestion because to some degree, all of us, as we move through life and get older, lose connection with who we really are, what our purpose really is, what our passion is, what ignites us, yeah. the flame that burns inside. We forget all of that. And the reason is because as we grow, we get affected by other people's belief systems, their fears, doubts. Yeah. All of that sort of stuff comes to yeah. play their idea of what right and wrong is. And then as we get older, we kind of adopt this as our own belief system because we keep hearing it over and over. And it's like parents, you know, your siblings, your peers, as you, you know, it goes in and it gets reinforced and then it goes from conscious to subconscious and suddenly becomes part of who you are. But it's not who you are. It's not yeah. who you are. And that's where we get this conflict happening all the time. And you'll find that yeah. you, you'll, you'll always get constantly yeah. drawn between the ego driven, I have to do this because, and the spiritually driven, but I am this. And it's, it's, it's key to draw a differential there yeah. between who you have to be or who you're trying to be and who you actually just are, who you just are without any effort at all. Yeah. And if you can get into line with, in, in your external physical world, if you can line that up with who you are effortlessly without trying, suddenly you get a magical experience yeah. in life. And you're right, 
to some degree, it sounds to me like that's yeah. doors are opening. And you mentioned the law of attraction. Here's another thing. People are coming to you, law of attraction. It's no accident that the word attraction has also got the word action in it. And a lot of people have wor uh, watched things like the film The Secret and got the wrong yeah. idea. They thought they could write a few things on a piece of paper, visualize, yeah. do nothing, and it's all going to land in the living room like that big elephant. Doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. There has to be some proactivity no. in the right direction. And you've done that, and that's where the attraction comes in. It's about changing your mindset, changing your yes. belief system into that of a person who would take different actions yeah. than the person you've been up until now. And that's exactly what you did. And it could have been that Caden's death was a driver as well. It took some time for you to overcome, yeah. as it would anybody. But again, what that's done is it spurred you on. The, the pain, yeah. I mean, pain is a bigger motivator for most people than gain. And you've had the pain. So that's also spurred yeah. Yeah, you on. I think what you're... Yeah. What you share with us today's but I mean I'm sat here look I don't think you'll see them on the on the I'm covered in goosebumps I've really been moved by it I wasn't prepared for that level of kind of um, right. <laughs> intensity this morning but I thank you for it um, because yeah. if you could, <laughs> no 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 please don't apologize because yeah, right. that sort of a, uh, it, it's inspiring because for you to come through that to where you are now be on here smiling and happy and and up until you shared that story the conversations i've had with you i thought what a lovely fella he's so light so easy to talk to so kind of positive minded and and just a pleasure to be around because like attracts like and mm. I, I i've got to be honest i tend to attract a lot of people like that so you've done a wonderful job of overcoming that and going back to who you really are at your core and your essence and i I'll, uh, I applaud you for that. I, I really do. I've got a lot of yeah. respect for you uh, for coming Thank through you. that. And um, I'm sure everybody that watches this is going to feel the same way. I could go on all day, but we're going to run out of time. Um, and I'm, I don't want to close this yeah. call off. And I, I've got a funny feeling there might be another call in us somewhere down the line, Leighton, because I'm sure we, we could find an awful lot yeah, more. Yeah, that'd be great. Which might be of value to people that are watching. But before I close this out, what I'd love you to do is yeah. tell people a little bit more about where they can go to find out more from you um, about what you do with Facebook marketing if they're looking for some help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, the best place is my website, which is leightonherdson.com. So um, it's L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N-H-E-R-D-S-O-N.com. Um, and then I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I have got a Facebook page, but it's, I don't really get on there that much, which is ironic because I'm selling Facebook ads, but I'm on LinkedIn more than I am Facebook. Sure. But um, I only really use it for advertising rather than networking or kind of engaging. But um, yeah, so LinkedIn is probably the best place. Um, and my website, they're the best places. Or just add me as a friend on my personal Facebook, which is, again, just my name. But sure. you'll probably be able to find me quite easily if you put my name in because there's not many of us around. No quite a rare no breed. Yeah. <laughs> You're certainly a rare breed. We're going to, we'll make sure that there's a link un, uh, underneath the, the video as well, where people can just click and get through to your website as well. Um, okay, well, thanks, Leighton. I'm just going to wrap it. up really quickly by saying um, I, I come into contact with this type of stuff all the time. Leighton's story is really, really inspiring. 
but I deal with people all the time that feel like they don't own their own lives, that things are happening to them and they don't know how to get out of it. People who, who find that their, their life spills over into the business and they can't build their business as a result and they're not enjoying uh, their life. They're not creating a life that they love to live is the way that I put it because we get one life. You have to love to live it. You have to get out of bed in the morning, juiced, fired up, ready to go because you make a difference and because you're having a great time just being here. And if you haven't got that handled, I've got a webinar training <clears throat> and a cloggy throat. I've got a webinar training coming up, which you might like to get on. If you go over to robertcbrown.online forward slash webinar, robertcbrown.online forward slash webinar, I'm going to show you the six obstacles that are probably standing in your way right now and sabotaging any business success that you're trying to get right now and certainly stealing your life from you. It's something that if that's happening to you, you really need to get over. And don't worry, I won't share what's stopping you. Just that, I will also share six ways to get around that and get your life and your business working for you as well. Uh, webinar's going to run for around about an hour. Love to see you there. It could make a really, really big impact in your, in, in your life and help spur you on to the greatness that you were born here to, to, um, to show and to live. Uh, so get yourself on that webinar. Uh, link will be below this video, as will Leighton's website as well. I've loved having you here. Leighton, thanks again, my friend. I've loved having you here. Um, no problem. We're definitely going to do this again. I think Pleasure's all mine. More to explore, more to explore. Uh, thanks to everybody for being here. Yeah. <laughs> thanks to everybody for being here today. And keep coming back for more Coffee with Roberts. Take care wherever you are in the world. I'm checking out. Take it easy. Bye-bye.